I think so many times we graduate college and we think, I'm going to graduate, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to live in a city, I'm going to find the friends, I'm going to have the perfect plan mapped out, and then you get to that season of life and it doesn't look like that. Or it takes some time to get to the point where you're in your dream job or you found friends. And just understanding that it is a process to just get to where you want to be. It is not going to happen overnight. I think so many times in life we go through transitions with a perfect plan and don't understand that it is a process to get to a point where we want to be or we think we should be. I think we should ourselves a lot when we say, when I graduate, I'm going to have this, this, and this figured out. And we have to just figure out that we are putting expectations on ourselves and those will do nothing but crash and burn. And we have to just walk in knowing that it's going to be messy and it's going to be a process and you'll get there. Hi, my name is Callie. And on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people. I ask them all the questions I can think of. And then hopefully by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. You know what's really hard? Transitions. You know what no one really tells you is really hard? Transitions. Everyone talks about going into college as exciting and about how getting married is so exciting. When you buy a new home, it's exciting and a new job and have a baby and all of it as the most exciting things. But let's try out some honesty here, okay? Let's just see how it lands. All of these things are extremely hard. These transitions are really difficult, and yeah, they are exciting. I will I will say that. They are very, very exciting. But they are very hard. So what makes the biggest difference in how you navigate these transitions? Well, the more people I talk to, the more I'm learning. The difference is in the community. It's in the people that you surround yourself with. I met Julianne in college and have watched her walk through so many different seasons. I've seen her figure out that no one really has it all figured out. And I'm excited for you to hear from her today. And no one told me how to move through life. I've pushed record. Oh, wow. We're I going. You handle yourself well. Oh, we'll see. Pressure's I'll on. Try to keep the sniffles to a minimum. <laughs> you sound great. <laughs> I don't care what Jordan says. <laughs> okay, so uh, we are here today with my friend, Jay Poe. Her actual name is Julian Peace, but yes. I just refuse to accept that you've gotten married. It's okay. So many people have refused to accept or let go of the Jay Poe. I have to continue. I have to continue. But um, she is one that has handled transitions in life the ones that I have seen, with a lot of grace and wisdom and patience. So I thought, who better than to bring on to talk about big transitions and finding your people and community and all that kind of stuff than J-Po. I met her in college, and then um, I started my big-time job, my big-girl job, and she was one of the first interns mm -hmm. that I got to work with in that job and um, one of the first people who tried to do a cleanse with me. Oh, gosh, that cleanse. It I will never look at a red pepper the same. <laughs> It was only vegetables, right? Only vegetables and condiments. I think we were allowed mustard. I was good with mustard. Yes, I, mustard I'm good with. Yeah. I think for a moment we tried to say, don't cook them. 
we only wanted raw. I know. Yes. And I think we lasted a day. We were like, no, 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 I'm cooking these. Yes. <laughs> How long total did we, did we, it was supposed to be what, seven days? I think it was supposed to be a week. I think we lasted maybe 48 hours. And then the first thing, I remember I broke first and just said, I need a Diet Coke. And you said, I'm going to McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> I was like, fine, if we're doing this, we're doing it right. <laughs> Go big or just why not? It needs to happen. But go ahead and give us a little bit about yourself, J-Po, um, kind of where you are in life right now, a little bit of your story, uh, what you love, what you're not a big fan of, all the good stuff. Okay. I am Julian, like you said, and my husband and I just moved here to Knoxville from Nashville. We're originally it's from better. Nashville. Knoxville. It really, I have a special place in my heart mm-hmm. for Knoxville, which mm-hmm. we're going to talk about transitions from college. This is the last place I honestly thought I would end up, mm. but now we're here loving it. My husband's name is Jordan. We have a dog named General. Who, is, who weighs how much? He, they told us he was going to weigh 60 pounds. He weighs 85 he is huge. He's the Shaquille O'Neal of doodles. <laughs> it's amazing and terrible all at the same time. Oh, we love it. We hate it. Yes, it's all the exactly. Same all in the same category. <laughs> um, and right now, I am kind of helping working for our church here in Knoxville um, and just hanging out with friends, loving life. Listen, so, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Let Jordan do the heavy lifting. <laughs> That, listen, that's the way to do That's yes. the dream. Yeah. Let so, him do the heavy lifting. No kids yet. I'm a stay-at-home dog mom. You've it's got a General, who is like four toddlers yeah, really, together. Uh, he is a full-time job. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed that I'm even saying that out loud. He is like a person, though. Yeah. He hugs you. And he everything. does hug me. It's great. And will knock me over from time to time. What Fine. are some of your favorite things right now? Um, I am really into like early 2000s, mid-2000s TV. I don't know what I was doing like in high what? school that I missed Friends, yes. The Office, mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls. I've binged all of those recently. Oh, they're so amazing. You can binge them over and over. Yes. I love it. Ryan would never watch Gilmore Girls with me because he says oh. they talk too fast. Oh, he said no one, no one talks. About, I said, hello, you're looking at something. But that's why you have to watch fast. shows like that mm-hmm. twice because yes. then you're like, oh, I picked up on something new mm-hmm. this time. It's have you amazing. watched the newest like season yes. that Netflix? I watched it right. I watched the whole, binge the whole thing right up until like mm-hmm. I timed it perfectly that that new thing came out. So. And at the last one of the new one, did you feel like they're going to do some more? They've got to. They have to. You they left, left me hanging. on a cliffhanger. Yes. yes. It it's very, coming. Are and you team wait. Logan? I'm team, who am I? Team Logan. Yes. Okay. You uh, Not Jess or Dean. No, don't who, let them sneak in there. No. And Jess is big time now. He's on This Is Us. Yes. They're, it's not like they're going to get him to come back. Exactly. No, we I'm know team he's Logan. Out of the all the way. If you don't know what we're talking about, you just need to watch Care Netflix. More Girls. It's on there. It's, it's amazing. Yes. <laughs> okay. So share a little bit about, like I said, we met in college. Yeah. Um, we spent a ton of time together in college. But um, from your perspective... I didn't know you as a freshman. I didn't know yeah. you that transition into college. What was your college experience like? So overall, my college experience was wonderful. My freshman year was not so <laughs> wonderful. Um, I what I think happened was everyone tells you college is awesome. College is wonder. It's going to be the best four years of your mm-hmm. life. It was my best four years of my life, and so I walked into my freshman year thinking this is going to be the best four years of my life. And then it just wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I think we talk a lot about how college is academically hard or even a lot about spiritually hard. But college, when you first make that transition, is emotionally hard too. Mm -hmm. And just figuring out where you are, figuring out who your people are, figuring out even what you're doing in life. Because this is the first time that people are like, oh, you're supposed to have an opinion about where your Mm -hmm. life is going and where you're headed. And that was just all a little overwhelming for me. And freshman year was really hard. I moved home um, after my first semester. You were done. I was done. Mm-hmm. I had thrown in the towel. That was it. I was going home. And I was going to 
transfer to a school in Nashville. One of my scholarships didn't go through. And my mom was like, just give it one more shot. Give it one more shot. Go Mm -hmm. back. And I went back and just went in with the mentality that I was going to make it home. I was going to make it work. And I ended up loving it. And I stayed for four more years. Um, What what shifted for you? I think what really shifted was the first semester, I did a lot of things that I knew would be healthy for me as far as friendships and relationships Mm -hmm. and community out of duty because I felt like this is just what I'm supposed to do. And people Mm -hmm. have told me this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to do it out of duty. And then that was never really fulfilling. It was like Mm -hmm. checking something off a list and going to church and then leaving because people told me you can find friends at church. So Mm -hmm. I was attending church. That doesn't mean I was doing anything at church or really getting plugged in. Um, And the second semester, I just made up my mind that if I was going to be there and the Lord was going to close the door for me going home, I was going to really step in and I was going to make it home. So Mm -hmm. I stopped doing things out of duty and started doing them because I really actually cared to be there. I remember um, the first class I walked into ever on UT's campus was in um, humanities. Mm. And it was like a, the first communications class you can take. So yeah. it was the biggest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I literally remember walking. First of all, I had all of my um, maps drawn out in front of me and my planner. <laughs> did you do a so, tour before class? I did. I, did, I made so, one of my friends walk me around yeah, to all my I classes too. and yeah, yeah. took notes Same. in my planner so that it would look like I was just looking at my planner and not a map. <laughs> I, your planner, that's amazing. Yes, I thought through it like you would not, like literally it was turn right at the street with the orange cone. That is turn a, oh, left that, at the cone. The, we it was the that cone. specific. Like, <laughs> I was so scared of getting lost. <laughs> and I just remember walking down that hallway and I walked in that class, saw how huge that class yeah. was. And I thought, I have to make a friend. Like, yes. you you go to college, you got to make friends. So yes. everybody tells you. Yeah. And I just walked in. I just remember sitting next to a girl and I did not want to talk to anyone, but I was like, you have to talk to somebody. Like, yeah. You have to have a person in this room. Yeah. And I just talked to her and literally the first thing she said was, I won't be here long. I'm trying to transfer to another school. Oh, oh. I was like, I'm going to uh, pick the wrong no. one. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I picked bad. I, I picked, picked bad. bad. <laughs> it's hilarious. But I think there is something to walking into big classes like that, especially when you're a freshman mm-hmm. and getting overwhelmed with like, for me, it was, I grew up in the same hometown since I was a kid. I knew the same faces. Mm-hmm. They knew me. Even if we weren't friends, we knew of each other. We knew mm-hmm. our reputations or whatever it was. And to walk into the huge class, it's like, oh, I don't know a single one of you. Mm-hmm. I don't know who who I need to pick to and be friends so with. it's so different than high school. Yes. It's not like easy to find people because you just know them or you've exactly. seen them before. You're literally, it's just all strangers. And I remember I could have gone all four years and never seen anyone from high school because, yeah. Yeah, I mean, me obviously UT is such a big campus. Yeah. But I could have easily done that. Same. Um, if I hadn't put effort into seeing friends from high school. But you made the point, too, um, when we were talking about this particular topic that you're literally your freshman year handed a catalog and said, decide Mm -hmm. your life. Yes. Like pick it from this book of things and all the pressure of what you're doing inside the classroom. But you made a great point that the, how valuable the work is outside the classroom that you're doing. Yes. And the friendships talk a little bit about that, that the pressure on what you're going to major in and all of that and your career, but the biggest and best lessons you learned. I think that my life is a perfect picture of what you do in college as far as like picking your major or picking your classes does not determine what happens to you once you get your degree. Mm-hmm. I majored in public relations. I thought I was going to live in New York City and work for an agency and do big things. And I worked in ministry. I still work for right now. I don't even have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um 
so it's just not what determines who you are or what you're going to do or what path you're actually going to take. Mm-hmm. I think you just have to step in, pick something that sounds good for you at that season, which you're the ripe age of 18 mm-hmm. years old. Like, Pick your good life. Good luck. Yes. <laughs> um, but like you said, for me, the most work that happened for me in college was outside of the classroom. It was building habits that yes. I would live with for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Some of them good, some of them bad that I still am trying to break. Mm-hmm. But knowing that you know, spending time with the Lord, stepping out of my comfort zone to make friends, Mm -hmm. um, stepping in, in a life group or stepping into things that I knew health wise would help me. Um, whether that was building an exercise routine or Mm -hmm. learning what to pick in the cafeteria, because that place is a minefield. Um, (laughs) those were the kinds of habits that I had to learn to make inside of college because I knew that they would carry outside of college. Mm -hmm. And the biggest ones, like you said, were the people Mm -hmm. just knowing where to go for friends and where to look and how to know what it takes to really build a true friendship and mm-hmm. keep a true friendship. And it's hard and it's messy, but understanding that that mess is so beautiful and so wonderful. And if you're willing to make those habits now, they'll carry into the rest of your life too. What's the best habit you think you formed in college? Probably that ability to step out and just meet new people. Even it's so uncomfortable. I just remember walking. Yeah. I'll never forget walking in that class. And I was like, I do not want to force myself to yes. make a friend. But I have to. Yes. And I think the best advice that I've ever given a freshman is that everyone else is a freshman too mm-hmm. in your classes. Like they have that same feeling of walking into your class and thinking, I don't know, a single soul in here. They're thinking the exact same thing. Look so for the desperation. Exactly. Go yes. to that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look for wide-eyed and confused. Like they are your they friend. They are your friend. <laughs> yes, exactly. Since you've graduated graduated college, what are some of the lessons you have learned since you've made your way through that season? And it, I loved college, but that first yeah. year, it, it's hard because it's it a whole new so world. Hard. So yeah. you transitioned into college, you found your way, you're transitioning out of college. What are some things that you've learned since graduating? Since graduating, I think I've learned that it is a continual process. I think so many times we graduate college and we think, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to live in a city. I'm going to find the friends. I'm going to have the perfect plan mapped out. And then you get to that season of life and it doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. Or it takes some time to get to the point where you're in your dream job or you found friends. Mm-hmm. And just understanding that it is a process mm-hmm. to just get to where you want to be. It is not going to happen overnight. I think so many times in life we go through transitions with a perfect plan mm-hmm. and don't understand that it is a process to get to a point where we want to be or we think we should be. I think we should ourselves a lot when we say, when I graduate, I'm going to have this, this, and this figured out. And we have to just figure out that we are putting expectations on ourselves and those will do nothing but crash and burn. And we have to just walk in knowing that it's going to be messy and it's going to be a process and you'll get there. And just when we do go in with those plans and they don't work out, we somehow think we failed. Yes. Or that it, when really that was never supposed to be the plan, but we get so tied to it that we think if this does not work out, then I somehow have done something wrong. Exactly. I heard someone once say that we should put our, um, like the plans that we feel like the Lord has for us in concrete. So like those things that you feel like the Lord has specifically called you to Mm -hmm. put those in concrete, put the plans to get to those things in sand. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not saying don't make plans to get to the goal or to the calling or whatever it is, but put those in sand because Mm -hmm. The moment you put them in concrete, your world is going to be rocked Mm -hmm. because that's just not how it's going to play out. So we talked about how you do 
pretty much have to figure out your life from a catalog and you're guessing. We're all yeah. just guessing when we yes. get into college, truly. Yeah. And then when we get out, we're like, okay, we have this degree in something that we kind of liked, but how do we actually apply? How do we find these jobs? And yeah, they try to equip us the best they can yeah. to get us the jobs or whatever. But how do you really, uh, what I learned was that I didn't know what I was good at until I tried a lot of things. So Absolutely. I was super, super blessed to be in a job where I could try a lot of things with leaders that tried to identify, help me identify what was good and what, yeah. I, what I was good at. Yeah. Um, what are some of the best ways that you've learned to figure out what your next step is, what you're good at, what you want to be doing? I think like we've talked about earlier with finding your people is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband always says that classic line of it's not the grades you make, it's the hands you shake. And I think we can take that mm-hmm. in several different ways of it's not just like Did you say Jordan says that? Yes, Cause that's does. such a Jordan. Of, of course he does. <laughs> it's um, not the grades you make, it's the hands so you he shake. He says it in like a networking, like I'm telling you, it's the same people who say D for diploma. That is, you know? that is Jordan. <laughs> there you go. We've just mailed them down into, what are those called? Idiom? Idioms. Yes, and yes. that is exactly right. <laughs> but it's so true. I mean, yeah. it's the people. I mean, even <clears throat> when we were talking about this, I remember you said that instead of focusing your energy on trying to figure out what your next step is, your energy needs to be focused on figuring out what your community is. Yes, absolutely. Because those are the people that are going to be able to cheer you on and honestly help you figure out what mm-hmm. you are good at. I know for myself, even in this, uh, this just to give you encouragement to someone who is out of school and looking for somewhere to go, I'm still in that season mm-hmm. of figuring it out and s- deciding which direction I'm heading in. And one of the coolest things I ever did was I asked five specific women in my life Mm -hmm. to pray for 30 days of what the Lord had for me. Mm -hmm. And it was the coolest thing. First of all, you have to actually listen. I think my tendency is to listen to what I want to listen to. But then for them to come through and say, you know, the Lord has told me this about you or, you know, I know this about you already Mm -hmm. because I have been in community with you. And if you don't have those people in your life that are willing to cheer you on, then you're just going to be even more confused Mm -hmm. when you get to a place of, I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do because those are going to be people you can come to and ask those questions of what am I good at Mm -hmm. and really help you figure it out and pray with you through them. So how did you find your people? I mean, especially, I know after, like in college, you run with a group of people and they're mm-hmm. the ones that you literally are at their apartments every night or on the weekends, you've already made plans. I mean, you're just always with this group of people, but then you graduate and a lot of people go separate ways. I mean, you have jobs yeah. in different cities or whatever. So how do you make it a priority to find this community? I think it's almost the same thing as your freshman year that you have to be bold and you have to be willing to step mm-hmm. out and it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to feel awkward. Even if I know that's not a lot of people's personalities, but I think if that's something that you desire, you have to be willing to step out Mm -hmm. and meet new people and ask people to go to coffee with you or ask people to watch The Bachelor with you or whatever it is. It's like starting all over again. Yes, it Mm -hmm. is. And it's kind of like friend dating, which is true, Mm -hmm. but it is honestly a habit that you will learn and just use for the rest of your life. Um, and if you're willing to start those habits now, whether that's in college, whether that's freshly out of college, I mean, Jordan and I moving to a new city back to Knoxville, we had people, mm-hmm. but we stepped into kind of a new community. And we even felt like we were friend dating when we moved back with couples because yeah. the last time we lived here, we were single. So mm-hmm. we were felt like we were going on friend dates all of a sudden, going to yeah. dinners with people, going to coffee with people. And I think those habits, if you start them now, they will do you well for if you ever have to move or, you know, 
change jobs mm-hmm. or you do graduate college or whatever the next season of life looks for you, you have to be willing to step out and say, hey, you want to go to coffee? Because mm-hmm. honestly, if we're being real, those people probably feel the same way yes, and are absolutely. equally as lonely and are just wanting someone to come mm-hmm. say, hey, I'd really love to hang out because mm-hmm. I don't have friends either. So, Well, and it's true. I mean, what you're saying in every season of life. Like, yeah. I know when we got married, Ryan went to Memphis and I went to UT. So we had completely different sets of friends. Right. So when we started our life together here in Knoxville, I mean, finding couples where the both the, the guys get along and the women get along, that is tricky it business. Is, it is tricky business. It really yes. is. Because there's just no guarantees. Right. Too, exactly. And, especially because Ryan and I have two very opposite personalities yeah. and so like I can get along with anyone and Ryan can too but to like really click it's usually someone who's also kind of a little quiet and just doesn't mind sitting and not talking yeah and letting their wives carry the load and I think it is a little bit like dating in that like if you find one person like stick with that person for a few coffee dates or whatever mm-hmm. and then if you're not clicking that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to be friends with them forever. Yeah. Find somebody that you do click with, mm-hmm. but continue that boldness until you do find somebody mm-hmm. that you click with. And even when you have kids, I mean, to find moms who are in the same similar seasons to mm-hmm. partner with you in, you know, like whether it's play dates or whatever, like get me out of this house before I kill one of these children yeah. dates <laughs> is what I like to call them. Yes. But I mean, it is so true that every season there's got to be this willingness of, I'm going to find you, and that sounded yeah. creepy. I'm going to find a friend. I'm going I'm to gonna find, find you. <laughs> um, but did you, you could boil it down, and let's say we're talking to someone who's super frustrated right now, just in a season of waiting or mm-hmm. trying to figure out what is next or what what even the next right step would be. Um, what is the piece of advice that you would give them? I think that I would give them the advice to put one foot in front of the other. And don't get ahead of yourself. Just take it one step at a time. What's Mm -hmm. something that you can do today to find community? Mm -hmm. What's something that you can do today to continue your career? What's something you can do today to figure out what you want your career to even be? Um, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to have the whole plan figured out. And a perfect plan figured out, like we already said, doesn't leave room Mm -hmm. for progress or for learning or for reiterating what our life even looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would tell that person, put one foot in front of the other. Look Mm -hmm. at today and what can I do today to find a friend? Mm -hmm. What can I do today to find the right job? Whether that's getting on and applying for the right Mm -hmm. job or whether that is texting somebody you met at a small group and saying, hey, I would love to go to coffee with you tomorrow or this week and just letting things play out. Um, I think a lot of times, especially myself, I go into things with the expectation that I'm going to do it perfectly and Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it so well and it is going to live up to all of my Mm -hmm. expectations. And when it doesn't, I crumble. Mm -hmm. And I just think that when we take it one step at a time, we give ourselves the grace to learn and grow and for the Lord to guide and direct our steps. Mm -hmm. If there is a change in what our career is going to look like or our friends are going to look like Mm -hmm. or where we're going to live. You said um, at one point that sometimes when you make choices, it feels like you're locked in, like you have determined something for all of eternity. Yes. When really it's just a choice. Yes. And you just made the point, I wish someone would have told me about redemption. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. It's like you might make a decision that's not great, but it's okay. Yes. I think when I talk to freshman girls too, a lot of like the biggest decision and honestly, post-grad, you're doing the same thing that you did when you were 18 of, 
I'm picking between this school and this school. And you do the same thing post-grad of I'm picking between this job or this job mm-hmm. or this city and this city. And I don't think we give ourselves enough room to realize that redemption is real mm-hmm. and that our God is bigger than the decision, bigger than our choice and big enough to redeem mm-hmm. in those situations. Um, Cause I know for me, when I left UT to go to Belmont, I was like, UT is the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. It was the wrong decision. And here I sit living in Knoxville, Tennessee and almost 30 years old, still here. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's realizing that our God is big enough to redeem situations. And whether it is the wrong or right decision, it's it's the decision you made. Mm -hmm. So let the Lord redeem what's happening. I'll never forget, Ryan was trying to choose between um, two jobs, and they were great jobs, both yeah. incredible job opportunities. I think I remember this. This is right when y'all got married. Yes. Yeah. And I remember just sitting in our um, first house. It was just an old, very small, like 800 square feet, sitting in the living room, and we were just like, how do you make this decision? I yeah. mean, because everything else felt very easy. I mean, mm-hmm. it was pretty easy to choose where to go to school. It was pretty yeah. easy to choose my major. You know, all yeah. of these decisions up to that point, God had orchestrated to where I really didn't have to make the choice. It was just obvious. Yeah. So here we have these great job opportunities that have great things about both of them. And I just remember talking to a friend and I said, how do you decide stuff like this? Like, mm. this could change everything. And I yeah. just remember them saying, here's the deal. Like, because you follow Jesus and because all of your decisions are going to be based out of what he has taught you and out of a pursuing of his heart, you're not going to make a bad decision. Yeah. Like God's not going to let you make a bad decision if right. you're pursuing him in it. And so maybe there's one that could have been better than the other one, but he'll redeem the decision you did make. Exactly. But at yes. some point you have to choose to have faith that, okay, I it's okay if I don't make the best decision every single time. Yeah. Because exactly. of what you said, redemption. And and I just never, it took me a long time to learn that. Yeah. And that every decision is not going to ruin my life. Yes. And I think we, my mom always says that millennials love, God love us for all the good, <laughs> bad, and ugly that comes with us. For some reason, we think that we have to have our whole lives figured out and that we have to like have the car that we remember our parents driving or mm-hmm. the house that our parents, we grew up in. We remember our parents having when we were in mm-hmm. high school or we have to have the 15, 50 year long careers that our parents had. And my mom always says like, you guys didn't see us in our thirties. You didn't see us in Mm -hmm. our twenties, figuring it out. Like give yourself the grace to figure it out Mm -hmm. and to make decisions that maybe feel wrong, but the Lord is going to redeem. Because that is the thing that no one really tells you is that everyone's just figuring it out. Yes. Like everyone is just figuring it out. Everyone is deciding which decision is the right decision mm -hmm. or the wrong decision. And and living in that pressure yeah. consistently, but it yeah. doesn't have to be that big of a pressure. Yes. And I think we time. should walk in the freedom that knowing that everyone else around us is in that same spot. Mm-hmm. So when you're building community, there you go. There's a common ground to build community on that. Mm-hmm. We're figuring it out. Let's figure it out together. Yeah. So you said you're almost 30. What has been the yes. biggest transition you have faced so far? Like the, the hardest one that you've had to navigate? Ooh, probably my first year of marriage was probably the hardest one to navigate. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was a lot of what we've already talked about of expectations walking into a new season. Um, I like to say that I made a lot of internal vows to myself. I spoke vows out loud to Jordan um, as my promises to him as a Mm -hmm. wife, but I made a lot of promises to myself of what I was going to be as a wife. Mm -hmm. And when I didn't live up to those that first year, man, I crumbled. Mm -hmm. Like I... I don't know why I thought it was magically going to be a gourmet chef or figure out laundry, but I thought that that was Mm -hmm. what would happen. And I think figuring out to even give myself some grace in that situation and also understand that it, 
like you're saying, if I put the Lord at the center of my marriage, I have the ability to walk alongside this other human being and we're going to figure it out one step at a time. And he's going to redeem that brokenness or that vulnerability that I felt in that first year. And we're just going to keep on walking. We're going to keep on putting one foot in front of the other and figuring out how this thing works. Your all's wedding was also super interesting. Yes. I just thought about this when you said the first (laughs) year of marriage. Tell the story of like how you planned your wedding. Okay. So I got engaged in July of 2014 and I moved home to Nashville that same week. It was a whirlwind of activity. Um, but Talk I about moved transition. And yes, change. it was so Mom, much. I'm home and I'm getting married. I'm also getting married. Yes. So Jordan and I, my husband, started planning our wedding and we sat down and made a list. We were like, let's just have a small wedding. We sat down and made a list of just family. And the mm-hmm. only friends that we were going to invite were if you would be in our wedding party. Mm-hmm. Well, what we didn't calculate is we have the largest families in the history of mankind. Between the two of us at that point in time, we had 11 grandparents, which doesn't make any sense. I know. 11. 11. It's amazing. It's crazy pants <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> so we got to 122 people with just family, like oh, first cousins. And then like the only friends you would be in our wedding party. That was the only yeah. people. 122. And I was like, this is this is too much. Like, this mm-hmm. is already a wedding. Like, So I went to bed one night and was like, I just feel like we should elope. And I went to bed. And the next morning I woke up and Jordan said, well, I booked us flights to Colorado in seven weeks. And I was like, okay, we're getting married in I didn't seven know that weeks. he did that. Yeah. I mean, we kind of joked about it and yeah. talked about it, that we weren't going to have a traditional wedding. And I wouldn't have minded if we eloped. Mm-hmm. So he just, he knew that I would never pull the plug myself because mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to let my mom down. I wouldn't want to let his mom down. So I just literally went to bed one night. He booked the tickets and we got up the next morning and he was like, we're flying to Colorado in seven weeks. So seven weeks later, we flew to Colorado and got married in Rocky Mountain National Park, just the two of us. Literally just the two of us. Just you. the two of us. There was a photographer who was the officiant's wife, and that was it. Did they do they make a business out of it, the officiant and his uh, wife? They had done four weddings before us. Yes, apparently this is a cash cow. Apparently we're Obviously. not the only people that do well, this. Well, it's just kind of crazy that they literally have like a, a one-stop shop. We will yes. marry you, and then and and she take will take a pictures. picture of it. Yes. Well, what was funny is when we pulled up to the part the part of the park where we were getting married. I was in a wedding dress. Jordan was in his suit. And the thought just occurred to me that I had talked to this man on the phone several times. And we talked about what we wanted our wedding to look like. And he'd been recommended to us by someone. But I'd never seen him before. Mm. So I was like, I'm about to get out of the car in a national park in a wedding dress and just wander around until I hopefully find this human being. He didn't have a rose behind his ear. Exactly. And there's not like Mm -hmm. phone service. So I don't know what I'm thinking. But ironically, because they do so many weddings, they were coming out of the entrance to this part of the park with a couple that they had just married. And so so they married for like that day. Boom, boom, boom. Yes. That's insane. It was, I mean, it was craziness to me, but. I now encourage elopement. Yeah, it was amazing. I really do. I wouldn't change it for the world. I would say if you like have always dreamed of yourself in a wedding dress, like having a big wedding, maybe not elope. Mm-hmm. If you haven't dreamed about you your whole even, life. Yeah, if you haven't even thought about your wedding day, then don't. Just elope. It mm-hmm. was amazing. We still had a reception a month later. My mom threw a big party. Yeah. And so we still got the party. We still got all of our people in one mm-hmm. place. But it was just barbecue and cornhole and so relaxed. And that's and the way to do it. It was awesome. That's, yeah. um, I remember my dad said, I'll give you a down payment on a house if you don't have a wedding. And I was ready to accept that. My mom was like, absolutely not. <laughs> In hindsight, I'm like, absolutely, yes. <laughs> like, I should have fought for that. Yes. A little well, harder. when it was all said and done, like, my mom, I'm her only daughter. So at first she was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And then, like, after the fact, 
she was like, that was amazing. Yeah. Everyone should do that. That was wonderful. It is. No Everyone stress. should do like, that. It was just great. So Just go and do it wherever you want to. Yeah. And come back and have a yeah. party. And then you don't have to fly to your honeymoon. We were already there. I also support getting married later in life because people can get you way better gifts. Mm, that is so true. You know, like, because your friends yeah. have real jobs. And yes. so they can actually, they're not just looking for the cheapest thing on your registry. Yes. I remember that season of life where you're like, you're post-grad, mm-hmm. you have no money. Like mm-hmm. we said, you're still figuring out yes. life. So you're just taking the first job that you can get, honestly. Paying on those loans. And then people register for stuff and you're like, well, I can buy you a coffee mug because that's all I've <laughs> this got. This is all I've got <laughs> yes. for you. I just remember even registering. Ryan would try to register. I'm like, no, it's two out of people's price points. <laughs> Yes. Like, because literally all of our fr- we got married right out of college, yeah. so all of our friends were still in school, yeah, or just had just also graduated and just gotten jobs. Yeah. And so, literally, I was like, "That's out of our price point. That's-, That's out of it. That's out of it." I mean, we were like, "Here's paper plates and some solo cups, and yes. that's what we've registered Amazing. for." So, the way we love to end these interviews is, "What's something you are so happy someone did tell you about?" I'm so happy. This is such a random one. I'm so happy when I was younger, my mom told me to wear sunscreen all the time. <laughs> and did you? Yes. I well, I went through a season in high school where I loved the tanning the bed. The baby oil? Which Who just, didn't? Our age. I would like to meet someone I, for between real. the ages of like 25 and 35. Just bake themselves for that prom. in high school didn't go yes. after school every day yes. and just sit I, in that tanning oh, bed. And my mom, I think my mom shed a tear the day I was like, can I go to the tanning bed before mm-hmm. prom? I think she literally cried because my mom. My mom went with me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. She'd drive us over. We both bake in there for a little while. Oh, I love it. I just remember it was like January and I was dark. Yes. And I just remember God being like, you do realize it's weirder for you to be tan right now. <laughs> that, that we live yes, in Tennessee. Like, that, is, that is weird. And yes. I just remember thinking, I did not think about that. Yeah. That is a valid point. Is valid, but I look good. Yes, but let's talk about it. I <laughs> yes. can pull this off, can I? I look good. All these freckles have blended together <laughs> into a tan. You appreciate it, don't you? And even the baby oil. I just remember yeah. laying in the backyard roasting with baby oil only. And yeah. I, hindsight... See, I didn't do that. I don't get hot. I don't like to get hot. Oh my gosh. If I, I would get hot, sweat like a I'm, pig out I'm there. Out. I mean, I would be soaked. Yeah. And no. I would just stay out there. We didn't That's have a pool. So and I would just stay out there with um, uh, a spritzer, a water bottle spritzer. I don't know. These were terrible That's habits. amazing. I know. I, like I should that. never go in the sun again. That's the only way I'm not going to age. Oh. Yeah. Because I did some damage. Sun. Yeah. My, so my mom told me to wear sunscreen all the time. And I have, I mean, since I've been older, I've worn it all the time. It wasn't as great when I was younger. And she would slather us up when we were little. But she even told me that there's a powder sunscreen that you can reapply throughout the day. So the, so it's powder like makeup powder. or just like a mineral. Well, j we are so thankful that you jumped on here with us. Um, these transitions are no joke. We'll probably go a little bit deeper into some of them in the future, but this was our 101 on how to make it through. Love it. This is fun. You're the best there is. I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C-E-Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.